Okay, we are back with the Learning Geeks after show, focused on Star Wars as it always is. <laughs> <laughs> because I have uh, my friend Tad Leckman, who is the only actual friend I have who has contributed to the Star Wars saga in some real way. Is that true? Well, I mean, I've met people, you know, who yeah. have. I, yeah, I've yeah, met yeah. a lot of your friends, but you're but you're probably one degree of Kevin Bacon away from a lot of Star Wars. People. A lot of people, yes, that's true. <laughs> I am one degree of Kevin Bacon away, but. Um, but but Ted, okay. So I wanted to pick up because I know hmm. there's more to the R two D two story that we just there told is. because your R two D two model actually became a star. It did, and I didn't find out about it until decades later. <laughs> okay, uh, so tell us that story. So um, so I handed off my low res version of R two D two off to my, my friend Billy Brooks, who was part of the Rebel Mac unit. Because he was working on the hero one. He was working on the full high-res 3D R2-D2. And so I was like, well, here, start with mine. You can All the proportions are right. If you match all my measurements, like this is for real. And he's like, great. Thank you for saving me that time and effort. And he went on, worked on, you know, episode one, two. I think he was out before three. And so, you know, years later, this is only like two or three years ago, three or four years ago, uh, I was introducing Billy to one of my former students via email because Billy had put out an all points bulletin that he needed some 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 visual effects help. And so I connected him up. And in my mail to Billy and to this former student, I said, hey, this is Billy. You know, he built the hero R2D2 CG model that you've seen. He's also the responsible for helping it walk up, helping R2 walk upstairs for the first time. And, you know, he he's, you know, he is the father of, CG R2-D2, digital R2-D2. Right. And then after that mail, Billy sent me back a, a mail just to me that said, um, dude, I <laughs> used most of your model in the 3D model that's on the screen. Like <laughs> I added some details and changed the textures and added a bunch of stuff, but like almost everything you gave me is on the screen. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, what? So Billy and I joke that, R2-D2, digital R2-D2 has two dads. Um, it's me and <laughs> Billy. And then Billy also, you know, as a side note, and I think this came up in an earlier podcast, Billy is the one who also had the onerous task of making R2-D2 fly. I was just going to ask that question. Yeah. Who came, who's the father of that? Yeah. That's, so that's Billy. And in fact, uh, someone just noticed, and Billy just posted on uh, social media recently, there's some new uh, Bandai R2-D2 model kits which are those Bandai Star Wars model kits are the greatest thing in the world. And there's a new one that's coming out, a new R2-D2 that includes a bunch of accessories, including the thruster. And they list on the box for the plastic model kit that they are Brooks propulsion jets. Oh, no kidding. And so <sighs> Billy is canon now. So he, he, they have created this artificial galactic corporation that makes jets. They're also, I did a quick Google before our uh, podcast, to, to, to verify how canonical this is. That's absolutely canonical, as is the fact that somewhere between the prequels and New Hope, R2-D2's jets broke and they're out of warranty, so they never got repaired, which is why he See, never flew again. I knew again. it was something like that. It, it's, it feels like a hokey kind of, how do we, how do we retcon this in a, a, in a, in a reasonable yeah. way? Yeah. Well, so. what's, what's cool about that story, too, just about the concept of him flying, is that now if you think about, you know, Rebels and any mm. any story going beyond, you know, the, the episode one and two. What, I think he, he flew in episode two. I think that's when he started. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, droids start having 
the ability to fly now, which is kind of yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like Chopper flies. Yep. Um, in Clone Wars. And we'll see what happens with the new resistance with Bucket. I think Bucket. What's the other, and Bucket, yeah. Wait, yeah. BB-8 hasn't flown yet, has he? BB-8 hasn't no. flown, but he's done pretty much every other acrobatic thing you could do. It is true, including doing like some extreme skateboarding around the inter- inside of the Millennium Falcon. Well, he's almost like Spider-Man, right? As yes. like, I, he's I, got the, yeah, I, the ability I don't know to do the cables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've played Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4, but it feels so good when you're swinging through the city. And maybe that's an I'm idea so excited. for a game. You could be BB-8 flying through. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Oh. Write that down. We're going to. Okay. So writing but, it down. But now on top of this, Tad, you're actually in at least a couple Star Wars movies. I am technically. Technically. I'm te- technically in <laughs> a special edition of New Hope. Uh-huh. And I am technically in Phantom Menace. All right. So where are you um, in, and the, technically in them? The asterisk is because in... Uh, Special edition, I'm one of the citizens of Mos Eisley in all the additional downtown scenes. Ah, yeah. Um, we have still not, even with the 1080p Blu-ray version, we have still not been able to exactly find where I am. I Wait, must those be like three five pixels, pixels so it might be you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got all this fantastic like documentary footage of me dressed up like a Tatooine person with this awesome costume. Like we have a backstory, like... Everyone named me Tad the Tanner because I had like a leather uh, apron on. Um, it was a super fun shoot, but they're like, and I've got friends who are like clearly visible walking down the street in Mos Eisley right. and I'm just nowhere to be found. It's like, ah. <laughs> so when uh, they put the call out for extras for Phantom Menace, I thought, oh, okay, this is my chance. And so I was like, I'm going to stand next to the visual effects supervisor on this blue screen. And there's no way they're not going to feature the visual effects supervisor in all these shots. And no. So <laughs> I'm in the the parade at the end uh, in Naboo. Yeah. There's a bunch of like hundreds yep. of people. Yeah. Can't see me. Presumably, like there's lots of arms breaking the bottom of frame, like waving banners. I'm sure that my arms are in there at least two or three times. But yeah. So that was, so I've spent... I spent a lot of time being filmed to be in Star Wars movie, but the evidence is, is minimal, is scant yeah. on the screen. <laughs> yes, but I still think that that parade ver- that that parade at the end of Episode One is one of the best parts. And I was almost on stage with Queen Amidala. Oh, that been so so cool. there are two of my friends who are there who are her guards. Yeah, like on that she wasn't there; she was blue screened, but. Um, so I actually came in originally. I'm like, okay, I want to be one of the guards. And the um, costume supervisor, Annie, she looked at me and she said, oh, Tad, I'm so sorry. The guards don't have facial hair. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, we can't. You can't have a beard. I was like, okay. But Annie, I live 10 minutes away. I can run home and shave. She's like, oh, no, no. We'll just make you like one of the, the landed gentry of Naboo. And you can wear this velvet robe. I was like, oh, but I wanted to, oh. So <laughs> so note to self, if you're ever working at Industrial Lights and Magic, make sure that you have a razor in your desk. Just yes, in case. Always. <laughs> just in, you never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And my friend Phil Metchin got, I think, probably the best, he's got the best appearance in a Star Wars movie. They sent out mail to everyone at ILM and said they were looking for uh, a male in his mid-20s um, whose hands look like this. And then there was like a photo of a dude's hand and we're like, what? And 
so they, they needed a hand double for Anakin. I guess they were doing a shot that they didn't shoot that they needed to have as a cutaway of him picking something up. And so they had a line of guys with their sleeves rolled up, ready to show their hands and he got picked. So his <laughs> hand is, and we called him Handikin for two years, actually. Like I take that back. We episode. still call him Handikin. He works at Pixar now. And I'm sure that next time I see him there for lunch, I will call him Handikin. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. The idea of being in Star Wars, actually, that leads me to a thought. Tad, have you gotten to do Secrets of the Empire yet? The Void? I have not yet. VR thing? I know. I need to. Yeah, I think Dana and Jake and I are going to get the chance to do that coming up here in a couple of weeks together. Um, it, plus, they just announced that they're doing the Vader Immortal product for... Yeah, oh, which is a... series just repeating back to me what I just said. I don't know. Oh, nice. <laughs> she got information. Is she offering to have you buy tickets to yeah, she should, the, right? the VR experience? But yeah, that Va but I'm Vader Immortal for the Oculus Quest is going to be apparently the sequel to Secrets of the Empire. Oh, interesting. Because oh, cool. I like that they're they're kind of teasing it as a VR series, yeah. which doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, I assume it's, yeah, I assume it's just a solo one per sorry i think that's the star wars yeah, yeah. after show a ace a one person <laughs> has nothing to do with solo yeah nothing to do with solo yeah or does it no <laughs> um don't tease yeah us. i'm very interested to see what they do yeah I, I went to the one in downtown disney um i've been twice now i've been twice okay so um it's it's really really fun and you know i mean the whole immersive into star wars i think is something that I've been excited about since I was in fourth grade and saw the movie, you know, and I, that entire yeah. summer of 77, all we did was run around in the backyard and play star Wars. We had, Oh yeah. My friend had giant tinker toys and the green one was absolutely perfect length to be a lightsaber. And so we just put <gasps> black uh, masking tape on the hilt and we put a little black yeah. ring on it and we had perfect lightsabers and Oh, it was fantastic. It was great. But now we're at the point where, you know, it's a combination of fidelity of the experience as well as your imagination. Yeah. And that's what I'm really looking forward yeah. to with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, especially as I hear more details yes. about it. Right. You're going to get that chance to to really immerse yourself in it, but it's not going to be completely on rails. You're going to get to use your imagination and become a character and engage in the story. Did you ever get a chance to go um, on the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas? I did a couple times. Yeah. Very so that, similar. I think that was the first time where I was like, oh, wait, we're like, we're in it. Yeah. Like it was like, it was like Star Tours, but, but with like people interacting with you and like an, at, at some poor ensign walking you through the ship. I was like, wait, this is, this is different to have actors inter interacting with you directly. Yes. Like it was, it was really impressive. And I'll tell you the, so the best part of that is. I had, prior to going to Star Trek The Experience, listened to the conversational Klingon tape that, <laughs> you know, so- I know where this yeah, is going. So they, so they made this tape. It was like a Berlitz language tape. So kind of like Rosetta mm -hmm. Stone about how to speak Klingon. Oh, I have it. Yeah. Yes. And there's one point on that tape where uh, it's Worf. It's Michael Dorn as Worf. Yeah. And he teaches you the swear word, Hutha. And he <laughs> says, he basically says, you know, it's beyond human can to translate what this actually means. <gasps> and um, which I thought was funny, but I, I memorized the word because you, you've got to learn how to swear in every language. So yes. when I went to Star Trek, the experience, there was a Klingon there 
huge yeah. guy. And, you know, he's he's on platform still. He's still a big guy. He's probably seven feet tall, probably 300 mm. pounds, all muscle. And I walk up to him and I look at him and I say, Hutva. And he looks at me and he goes, ha, 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 ha. human, do you know what this word means? <gasps> wow. And I said, no, I don't. What does it mean? And he leans over and he whispers. He says, it means your mother has a smooth forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And I was like, yes, I am there. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing. That is great. So immersion it's all about immersion it is it is well listen just like our original podcast we could probably go on and on forever but maybe yes. we'll do another star wars podcast when we bring you back on to talk about gaming uh i would we'll love talk to about the history of the galaxy so yeah and before um, before we go guys but did you happen to see there was a lost empire strikes back yes. documentary yes i watched it this weekend yes. did you okay so I, I i i just started watching it this morning um so i haven't i've gotten like 15, 20 minutes in. But. I've got it queued up, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, amazing okay, stuff. So for any Star Wars nerds out yeah. there, Empire Strikes Back, Lost Documentary. Um, check it out. Yep, it's about an hour long. Oh, and you know what, Tad? Yeah. There is one more person I realized that I do know that is a friend of mine who contributed to Star Wars. Uh, and who's yeah. it? Well, now we're going to have to call him because I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's our mutual friend, Jordan Jarvis. Oh, really? Yeah. What? How do I not know Did you know not know that? this story? So, no. you know, at the end of episode two, when uh, Count Dooku's ship is flying into Coruscant and you've got the spooky music and you have the boy soprano. That's Jordan? Yes. <gasps> that is Jordan Jarvis. What? That's amazing. Mind blow, right? Yeah. 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 And this is a guy that Tad and I worked with when we were working at the game company. <laughs> he's like, wow. He's like, yeah, that was me. And I queued it up and I'm like, wait, that's you? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. So that's kind of a typical Jordan story. It is. <laughs> it is that, is, that is on brand for Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we'll really leave it cool. at this. We'll contact Jordan. Yes. Maybe we'll have him on to tell that story at some point. But uh, yeah. thanks again. Thanks everybody for continuing to listen. And as always, may the force be with you. All right, see you guys. <laughs>